And if everything you have is from God. So he asks a question, but then he answers it. You follow? Everything we have is a gift from God. Why are you boasting if it is a gift? Now, you got to think about that. Let's bring that down to where the rubber meets the road. Okay? He's talking about why are we boasting about our distinctions, our differences, and our feeling that we're better than somebody else because we are different from them if what we have that makes us different is a gift from God. For example, what talent do you have that wasn't given to you? Because the Bible says everything you have is a gift from God. So why are you boasting about your talent? Your intelligence how many of us says, constantly say, that person is incompetent? Don't raise your hand. Because if you raise your hand at the end of the sermon, you're going to have to come down here, amen? And we're going to look for you. Okay? This is what happens. Okay, so whatever talent you have, whatever intelligence, whatever skill, whatever gift, whatever looks, whatever pedigree, whatever possession, whatever wit, whatever in, you know, influence you have, Put away pride because all of it was a gift. A gift from God. Put away pride and put away all despair. If you think your gifts are large and you think your abilities are large and you think your looks are large, and I don't mean that large, okay, and you think of all these wonderful things, and you think, put away pride because they're a gift. If you think your talents are small and insignificant, put away pride because those small ones were a gift. Your pedigree, your ability, your looks, you say, yeah, but I, I had to develop those things. Yeah, where did you get that ability and the know-how to develop them? They were from God. Why boast if you picked, your, like, like you picked yourself up out of your bootstrap? And why are you in despair? Because your little bit of, now listen, your little bitty pea brain, like mine, I think I have I think my talents are like 30%. You know, the Bible talks about 30, 60, 90, 100. I think I'm on the bottom, okay? The point is, God gave us that so that we can confound those that think they're wise in this world, to bring them to the point where they're willing to look, hey, something is going on here. God just wants to be shown through you. Period. Your lack of gifts, your abundant gifts. Okay? How many here would just, this is what Pastor Evelyn used to say about me all the time, years ago. Okay? He was my mentor. Mentor. And, and so I'd go to his church and I would sing and I'd preach. And he'd get up and he'd be so, so mad. 
He said, why can't I be young, good-looking, and can sing? He always would say that. You're just wondering, I didn't know you could sing. (laughs) And I didn't know you were good-looking, right? But it's all in the eyes of the beholder. He was like 80 years old. Seriously, okay? We're always wanting more than we have, and we don't realize that going after those things, you know, accepting, you know, put away this, this discouragement, this defeated, because you're always comparing yourself to other people, and you don't have what they have, but that, that what they have was a gift from God, and what you have was a gift from God, so just accept it and put away pride. Because that desire to have more is your pride because you're focusing on yourself rather than accepting God's gifts and God's ability and bragging that what you have, God is the one that gave you. Number three, okay? Depend on God's providence. Okay? So humility agrees and is glad that God is sovereign. This is so fantastic. Let me read a couple of verses here. It says in 1 Corinthians 4, 6, and 7. I just gave you that one. Let's go to the next one. James. Okay. So I'm just going to quote this because it's lengthy. It's actually 13 through 17, so I'm just going to quote it to you. James is talking about us on a daily basis making decisions and making all these plans in the future And leaving God out of the equation. Okay, he's talking about we're going to do this tomorrow. We're going to make business tomorrow. We're going to do this. We're going to buy this business. And we're going to sell this. And we're going to do all these things. And doesn't even consider God at all. So humility, okay, humility agrees that God is sovereign. We get up in the morning. This is what James is referring. We get up in the morning. Now follow We make plans day after day, and we never consider God in those plans, like God's not there. As we learn in our Living Grounded book, the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us, he is our GPS. He's the one guiding and directing because he knows what's ahead of us. So we have that Holy Spirit, so we're making all these plans we're going to go here and we're going to do here. It's, it's, it's like, okay, God, you saved me. Thank you for saving me from hell. I got it from here. Okay, I got it from here. Thank you, though. I appreciate it. And when I come in some troubled times, I want to call you because I'm going to need you. I want to need you to get through those troubled times. So thank you, Lord, for saving me, but I got it. That's what James is talking about. That is living independently of God. And that's considered pride. That's considered being a proud person. We go day after day without even considering God. That GPS that's inside of us that knows what's going on the next hour, the next day, the next year. And we don't even consider even talking to him, asking for guidance or anything. We just get up and we go. On the other side, the the other side of the coin, we worry day after day. Now, don't tell me this isn't you because I don't want to hear it. We're all in this together. Can I hear an amen? We worry day after day. We worry about our country. 
We worry about our president, whether he's the right one or the wrong one. We worry about those things. We worry about Iran. We worry about Russia. We worry about China. We worry about World War III. And the list goes on. We worry about uh, uh, our kids, our jobs, our bills. We worry about what people think. What people say, what they do, we worry about our stuff, our money, our houses, our cars, our marriage, our homes, our family, our circumstances, as if there is no God. Or that he doesn't care for us. When the Bible says that he sees the end from the beginning. He knows what's going to happen. What happens to you or what's going to happen to you is no surprise to God. He knew it. And if we're going to, if we're going to embrace Scripture and live it out, by the time those circumstances get to us, God's already turned them around. Not to curse us, but if we're we're living humbly, and we're fearing the Lord, and we're embracing God's word, and we're living out. He turns those things around to bless us and for our good. So why on a constant basis do we worry? Are you tired of me going back and forth here? Or do we worry? And we're like them. We don't have to live this way. We've got this going for us. We've got all these one. This is, this is Proverbs in a nutshell, and this is what we want to do. We want to embrace and live out God's word. Because when we start coming over here, we're going to get the judgment. We're going to get the separation, no intimacy. We're going to have all the problems that the world has. And guess what? The church has them all. Now, the, we're not going to be de- delivered from all the problems, but we are going to have abundant life in the midst of them. That's what we're going to have. We're going to have joy, unspeakable, and full of glory. Man, I wish I'd give you example after example. But write this verse down, Isaiah 48, 10. That's where God sees the end from the beginning. And write down Romans 8, 28, where he makes all things work together for our good. Number four, again, this is how we put away pride. This is how we deal with that thing so that we we can have the blessing of God. Depend on his sovereignty. Tap into that GPS that lives inside of you. The Bible says every person that saves has the Holy Spirit living inside. Connect. And how you do that is you surrender. Surrender to him that lives inside of you. And he will fill you. He will control. We just went through chapter 6, and that was in our Living Grounded. Fantastic chapter. If you're not done Living Grounded, you need to do that. Number four, forgiving others. Okay? If you want to get rid of pride, forgiving others. Now, listen very carefully. Humility agrees and is glad to forgive others like Jesus forgave us. Okay? Listen to Colossians Chapter 3, verses 12 and 13. Since God shows you to be these holy people, people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy, 
kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Make allowances for each other's faults. The world says, no way. Look what God says. Why does God say that? If I'm not mistaken, we go to Psalms and we claim every single time we're going through difficulty. We say, oh, God's mercy is fresh and new every morning, and we praise him for it. Can I hear an amen? I mean, he never runs out of forgiveness. Never. How much of forgiveness do we run out of? So humility is glad, all right? We agree with this truth, and we're glad to forgive others because he has left us an example. And then it goes on. He says, make allowances of other fault and forgive others who offend you. Remember, and then he's, he's, he's stating that this is, this is the basis for why you forgive. The Lord forgave you, therefore you must forgive others okay if you want to put away pride pride hangs on to those hurts can I hear an amen why do we hang on to it because it hurts so bad and they don't deserve <laughs> right how many of us just when somebody offends us you just go up and you love on them and you just hug them and say I love you so much if you do you got your teeth like that amen we know what, it's all about us, okay? And so this is a way to deal with pride. Humility agrees and is glad to forgive others because we have this wonderful example, okay, of forgiving others. Our forgiveness is rooted and grounded in the forgiveness that he gave to us. Number five, serving others, okay? Humility agrees and is glad to not stroke our egos, but to serve the good of others. Not to stroke our egos, but to, to, to um, exalt and glorify others. Okay, so Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 through 8. We've already read 3, 4, and 5, so I want to just zero in on 6, 7, and 8 for a moment, okay? And this is, we talked about, you know, it says... The last verse it said that we talked about here was, let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, okay? And so then I want to give the example of Christ. Verse 6, though he was God, talking about Christ, he did not think it of equality with God as something to cling to, okay? Jesus is God, but he wasn't boasting and clinging to it, but instead he gave up his divine privileges. He took the human position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in form of human, human he humbled himself to the obedience of Christ and died as a criminal, a death on a cross. So he's God, and he didn't brace it. So a lot of this stuff that people offend us, yes, it, it, it's our ego, it's our pride, but you don't have to cling to that for the sake of the other person. Are you listening? 
bringing them back to God or bringing them to Christ, helping them to see the forgiveness and, and the forgiveness of God, what it's like. You die to yourself. You surrender. Let God live through you. He didn't, he didn't brace the truth that he was God. We don't have to brace the truth about ourselves. We already know the truth about ourselves. We don't have to brace it. We don't have to prove to somebody else. We know our standing with God. But for their sake, don't grab it and cling to it. We know what our rights are. And Jesus is an example. We don't have to stroke our ego. If somebody's going to boast about you, Proverbs says, don't let it be yourself. If somebody's going to boast about it, that's between them and God. Let, it actually says, King James, let another man boast about you and not yourself. Number six, no true greatness. This is the last point. No true greatness. Humility agrees and is glad to think differently of greatness. Listen to what the Bible says in Mark chapter 10 and verse 42 and 43 and 44. We live in an upside-down kingdom. Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers in this world lord over their people. Okay? That's what the world does. It's, it's, it's those that we think are great are at the top, and they look, literally govern everybody else. They have the corner office, and they want to run the show. They're the pastor, and they want to be the dictator. Okay, they're the boss. And that's the stuff that we've bought into inside of the world, and we strive for that because we think that's going to fill the hole in our life. There's nothing wrong going that direction so that you can get more money or you can have more influence for Christ. The motive has to be correct. Can I hear an amen? I mean, you look at all the Old Testament characters, they were filthy rich, and they used that to influence. All the unbelievers around them and brought many to the kingdom of God. I started preaching, didn't I? Let's go back here. Okay. You know that the rulers in the world lord over their people. And officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you, it will be different. Whosoever wants to be a leader among you, he must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first, you must be a slave of everyone else. See the upside down thinking? But how many of us think that way? Because we bought into the other side. Yeah, our position is correct. Our righteousness is in Christ. But our practices need to be that. So true greatness, we need to agree and be glad that true greatness is when we get down low and we lift up our brothers and sisters. We become a slave and we serve other people. In other words, they become more valuable in our mind than we think of ourselves. Can I hear an amen? I, I, I know this has been a little hard, but we're just preaching Proverbs. Amen? It won't always be this this hard? Well, I don't know. It just depends on where you're at spiritually. Amen? Okay? But it comes down to this. Pride versus humility. 
living independently from God, getting up on a constant basis. I've got this, Lord. I can handle this. But running to him when you need him or embracing and living it out. Where are you in your life? Let's pray. Before we come, we're gonna have our, before we pray, we have the band come and get ready for this next song. But Father, we come to you this morning, and Father, how we pray that you'd help each and every one of us. We, I, I don't know where everybody's at spiritually. I know me, and I know my heart. Father, I, I'm constantly thinking thoughts that literally are it's it's ungodly. Father, you know my heart. It, I think some weird stuff about being on the top. And it's so wicked. And I just thank you for your forgiveness. And, and Father, I think that it's not just me. I think, Father, there's some here that struggle with pride. And so, Father, I pray for them this morning. Oh, God, how I pray that you'd speak to their hearts. And they would begin implementing these six wonderful things that literally will it, will, it will grab the pride out of us. And we can begin practicing humility. So, Father, I pray that you'd help all of us to implement these fantastic truths to our lives. And we'll give you all the praise and all the glory for everything you do. In Jesus' name. We're getting ready to sing here in just a moment, but I want to encourage you, keep going through the book of Proverbs. You're doing great. I'm going to continue to call, so if I call you, be ready to answer amen in a positive form. Amen? All right, let's all stand for our last song.